You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everyone. Welcome to HHWJ. I'm here again with Tom Lauer. Say hi, Tom. Hi. And Dave Samoski. Say hi, Dave. Hi. And the one and only Danny Shake. Hey, Danny. Hello. <laughs> Danny's super excited to be here. Uh, Danny, tell us what your what what's your title and what do you do at Real Team? Wow. What is my title? Yeah. Um, member, according to the LLC agreement, uh, broker owner in the bottom of my email signature. Okay. And what do you do? What about on the art chart? Uh, broker. Yeah. CEO, broker slash CEO. Yeah. Just when it comes to the CEO part, that's where I don't feel that I fit the characteristic of a CEO. Oh, we didn't, we, <laughs> we didn't ask like, you know, what you do. We asked what your title well, was. Well, she started to. I did <laughs> yeah. ask him though. Okay. Oh, I'm, I did I'm asleep that. already. Yeah. Sorry. That's totally fine. So you are broker owner, but like, what do you actually do? From just the, like in general, like if you're going to say like on a day to day basis, here's what I focus on. This is what I do. Uh, the first word that comes to mind is chirp. My friendly competitors like Dave Samoski over here. So honestly, what I do is help elevate my friends around me, become the best they can be in their career. I think that's what I have the biggest ability to influence people with. How? Because I so I think of Dave, right? I can get under Dave's skin and say one little sentence that I know will make him be a better producer, ultimately a better husband and father by just saying something like last year. I know you remember. What did I, I say? I remember. To you? What did I say to you, Dave? I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about it. <laughs> and I don't think you said it to him. You said it to me. But he was there. Yeah. Oh, I was so, with I was definitely with an earshot. He yeah. knew it. Danny said to me. Hey, who do you think is going to come out on top this year, me or Devo? And Dave was like, what the fuck? Him or Devo? Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> who came out on top? Uh, Danny. Oh, really? So I have a question. What What was the volume that you closed last year, Danny? Closed? Your, your closed volume. If another, if another uh, outside real estate broker were to look at you and say, hey, Danny, what was your closed volume last year? What was your answer? I believe it was 12.1. Close. 12.1. And how many houses did you show? Real quick. Sorry. Houses shown? Yeah. How many houses did you show last year? Between zero and two. Uh, I disagree. You you think you showed more? You showed. When? When when we started talking about getting this, hitting 15 or whatever, he's like, yeah, I'm showing houses. Mm, I'm going to need some examples, David. I'm going to need some too because I don't remember Danny showing houses. I don't pay attention to your business, man. (laughs) I've seen at, the guy try to work a lockbox. He's not. It's not good. <laughs> no, there's still so, a lockbox on my front door. We've been in my house for six years, just for the record. You've never been able to get the key right. out. No, right. it's stuck. Rachel's like Danny. Why is this on you? I can't get it off, babe. I don't know. I have no wait idea. a second. That's why that lockbox is still there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No bolt cutters. I thought that was like. I thought that was like for like when someone needs to get access to your house when you're not home or something. No, it's just still there. No key, but it's there. Wow. I love that. What was your? What were you gonna ask him? I interrupted you, Tom. I don't know. I got. I, I mean, I've got three pages of questions. You do all of the questions. I've been too afraid to ask. And here we are. Yeah, I'm going to save the good hand- ones for the end. All right, I have a handful too, so I'll let you go first. Do you want to alternate? Have- you want to yeah. tag team Danny Schick? A little now. All right. What does it. Dave do here? Oh, you're going to see. Uh-huh. He's the color commentary. It's <laughs> great. That's right. He adds the color. Dave has some questions too. He's just gonna. He likes to stay in the background. Got it. <clears throat> 
So, Danny, question one. How much money have you spent on coaching over the last 365 days? Personal or team combined? Money. Uh, not, not the team. Just for you. Just for your improvement personally, how much have you spent on coaching? Uh, 16000 $16,000 on coaching. So that's we're at like $1,200 a month-ish. For the two, I did two reoccurring sessions. It was a little over eight grand a pop. Okay. So $16,000 is a lot of money to spend on coaching, but some would say that it's like the best investment you could make, right? Because you're investing in yourself. So when you are, um, when you, you pay $16,000 for coaching, like what are you looking for? How do you know that you're like, because I know how you are. You don't like to waste anything. So this isn't your first year of spending a lot of money on coaching either. You spend a lot of money on coaching. So what it, how do you hold your coaching accountable? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know you're getting back what you're putting in? What's the measuring stick? Yeah. So it is kind of funny that I invest that money into it because, like, the biggest thing when I lead up to it is I make sure I send in my pre-call form five minutes before the call just so I could do everything right before. If I'm prepping for a listing appointment, I do it right before I have to walk out the door. Um, but just in that call, I make sure I identify somewhere between one and three strong action items for the next two-week period. Okay. And accomplish it. Simply just taking steps forward in my life. So what happens if you don't accomplish it? Then my coach asks me why and the same questions we always ask. Why didn't you do it? Wake came up. Did you really, was there no way you couldn't do it? Or are you just coming up with an excuse? What was more important? Yeah. Right. Danny Shickway, open-ended questions for days. Right. Absolutely. I just, I I don't know. That's one thing that just... Like I, this guy will bust my balls if I leave a TV on overnight. You which still we, leave them on, which might cost <laughs> twenty one cents, right? And then he spends sixteen thousand dollars on coaching. So like it, it's just it's really eye opening for me, and looking at his mindset, like he's willing to spend that money to improve himself, which ultimately is going to improve our company, improve his family. It's just like. It's an investment back into himself, and I don't know if if all three of you out there that are listening like take that to heart. Like it, it, it makes a difference when you invest in yourself, and he's just doing it at a higher level than anybody I know. Right. So talking about investing in yourself and doing it for the team and for the company, why in the world would you decide to start a company in the first place when you guys were doing you were doing so much business? You, you know, you were totally fine. You could have made a good living on your own doing all the business yourself. Why in the fuck would you decide that, hey, I'm going to try to ter- train all of these young turds to do what I did? I'm going to blame that one on Tommy. Okay. Because well, that was all, my idea. Turds. <laughs> well, well, a lot half of them are turds. Most of them are turds. <laughs> um, definitely wasn't my idea to okay. do that because I was extremely comfortable and we were growing probably 50%. If you were to look back since, you know, 10 years ago, we've grown 50% basically every single year. Right. That's slowing down now because, you know, 30% we're happy with nowadays. Right. Um, but it wasn't my vision to leave. Once Tom opened my eyes to that, um, that's when a new chapter began and we're still sitting in it right now. Okay. So I guess the question goes to Tom. Why would, why was that your vision? Um. Because what I, I mean, when when I started working with Danny and Erica and Annette and Brian, um, 
I just I just did what I was used to doing, which was just prospecting, and then they saw value in that, and I was like, wait, these people that are making a lot of money and have a lot of resources and do a lot of business see value in the whole prospecting thing, right? Because it was weird. Like my first day at Keller Williams, it, I got on the phone and I started talking. It was really quiet in the office, and everyone could hear me because I was standing up and I was loud, and I think that's what caught Danny's attention, and you know, after – Two or three weeks, he asked me to join his team, and then we um, we realized that we could we could duplicate ourselves and other people, right? So if like if I could look at Danny and duplicate that into ten people, wow, what kind of a team could you have? And then he bought into it. He was like, "Yeah, I think we can do this." So we started doing it. So when did you start with Real Team? Uh, 2000 was like he started before I did right so November of 2014 no. January f- five years ago January wherever that is yeah so, yeah, 14, so you started 15. no because I started October of 14 so you were there before me so January of that year right okay so you said that the office was quiet and Danny saw value in you prospecting so what did you guys do to find business before pre-time we prospected daily but we weren't used to hearing other people around us for the most part, like some obviously did, but it was very rare to see a new person come into the company without any fear, just hopping on the phones, reaching out to past clients from the mortgage business, looking to add value to them. And uh, I think it was honestly like two days we said, you want to join the team? What's funny is like I look back and I'm eternally grateful for Danny and Annette and Erica and giving me the like letting me into their inner circle. Right, because they did. I was like, besides Brian, who was like one of your best friends, I was like the first like rando to appear in their circle, and they were like nice enough to let me in. So, um, it's just funny. I look back, and it was like really what gave me that opportunity was the fact that I got on the phone, right? Like the fact that I like got on the phone and started prospecting is what gave me the opportunity that led to me being partners with these guys and growing real team. Funny how shit works out. We know Danny's been pretty successful in his career, you know, since we've known him. Danny, have you ever failed at anything? Yes, sir. Every day. Can you can you tell us, give us an example of something that you set out to accomplish and you failed? Yeah, I wanted to go become a financial advisor at Edward Jones, and they didn't hire me because I got a solicitation without a permit ticket. Which showed up on my record. So you were prostituting. I was. I was. <laughs> I was soliciting for business and couldn't go get that job. So that was a fail. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't go down that path because I believe this is my passion. But uh, that was a fail. That was a pivot. I like it. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I want to go. Back. You didn't even know about that, did you? No, I heard every. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I knew about it. But can we talk about a fail like in real estate, like whether it's since you started building? the company and trying to 10 X us or anything like just something that you really wanted to do and you failed at. And maybe you're still trying to do it. Maybe you're not. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times I'll walk into a listing appointment and I'll be going against two or three other agents and I don't win all of them. I get beat just like everybody else pretty regularly. And that's fuel to continue to grow and improve. Do you, sorry, do you find out why you didn't win? Um, if I can, it's hard to, let me take the bag. Yes. 
You know, so like there's one that stands out. I'm not going to give the agent's name, but it's somebody that I respect a lot. And uh, I know that she went in and she brought her A game. And I'll tell you what, I haven't forgotten that for from for list the listing to sale sheet since then because I went I was just winging it. When did that happen? Uh a year ago, last summer. I remember. I know who it is. I can tell you right now who it is. It doesn't matter, but I now but that's now fuel. it all comes together. Now I get. Why I didn't you think- always say her name when you're saying, oh, I got to go do a, get ready for a listing. I might yep. be going against Bobby Jones. Or but you know what the funny thing is? Danny just said that like he failed at a listing appointment and a year ago he was leading 50 people and he was still failing. And I think that's a, a lot of times that's the thing that our agents don't realize that like, which I obviously argue with them when they think Danny is great. I'm like, all right, calm down. He's not great. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's but, different like, people- with our company is like, Aside from myself, maybe like most of our leaders lead by example. Like they, they're they're active producers in the business. You, you know what I mean? Like when I was at Quicken as a director, once you become a director at Quicken, you, you go from being a banker to a director. They shut you off from lead flow. You can't write your own loans. You can't prospect. You can't be a salesperson anymore. You have to now be a leader. Our company's different, right? Like all of us are still selling houses. We're all still working leads. We're all still prospecting. So it's a big difference there. For sure. So, I mean, everybody knows Danny's hyper competitive, right? Have you always been that way? Uh, I would say yes, but it's grown over the years. It's okay. increased? Yes. Hmm. So are, do you, you've heard of nature versus nurture. Yes. Which do you believe in? In sales. Or do you not have an opinion? I don't. You're indifferent. I'm indifferent in that. Yeah. So you're saying, is there a born salesperson or is there a a learned salesperson? I I I don't think that you're born a salesperson. I think that you can start from ground zero and and learn and increase your skill and practice and get better in repetition, right? Like continue to do it over and over and over and get better. I think it's both. Like same with athletes. Like some are very naturally gifted, and it could be easier for them to perform at an elite level where some could come in with absolutely no natural talent or skill and still end up getting there. They just have to work really, 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 really hard. What do, what, what's your mom do? What do you mean? What does she do? What oh, does she do for a profession? Uh, she sells houses. <laughs> okay, what's your, what's your dad? What did your dad do before he retired? Uh, he sold houses. Okay, just wondering. Just saying? Just saying. They so, learned from my grandfather how to sell houses. Wow. Yeah. So Danny doesn't so believe in nature versus nurture So at it's all. genetic? <laughs> it, I, I think this real estate business might be genetic. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Um, all right. I have a question for you, Danny. What is – so you and Tom work very closely together, probably closer than anyone else in our whole company. What is one quality that Tom has that you envy and why? Ooh. <laughs> it's a good question. Thank you. The first answer that would come to mind is not the one that's not going to be the authentic answer. It's just like his ability to Hold like. Hold on. So, Let's get the authentic one. Yeah, that's I, 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 I got to dig and find it. Okay. The first thing I want to say is like his ability to like, I like to find all the problems in the business, right? Or the opportunities. He comes in and I'll just, you know, whatever. We need to fix this. I don't know why it's broken, but we need to make it better. He'll come in and build out some sweet form or Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is and just automatically fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more just like when something's troubling me or I don't know, just if I'm not in the right mood, he'll, he's good at shifting and navigating myself and others. You guys have probably experienced it too. For sure. Just like clear your mind, 
just like get in the right state and move forward. So you may not, you're shaking your head like, I don't know if that's. I was nodding, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that that Tom knows he's good at it, but I feel like a lot of times he doesn't know when he's doing it. That's when I like it most. It's natural. When it's it's not planned. Yeah. Like when I call him and I'm like, let's go get a fucking beer. I'm so mad. And then I like am done. I'm like, oh, life is good. This is great. Well, that's I, I I attribute that like to experience, right? The I mean, ten years of life experience that he'll always have on me. Exactly, for sure. So, hey, Tom, same yeah. question to you. What's yeah. the one quality that Danny Shake has that you don't that you envy, and why? One hundred percent easy answer: self discipline. Um, he's one of the most disciplined individuals I've ever met, and um, I just uh, that's a quality that escapes me you know i i don't hold myself i i am like i am like oil and water when it comes to like accountability like i hate holding myself accountable and i hate being accountable like it's it's outside of anything that i want like don't tell me what i did don't tell me what i can do or can't do and i'm not going to tell myself what i did or can do like i hate it but he's so good at it and it's a good quality don't get me wrong like being Self-discipline is a great quality and the level at which he is self-disciplined is drives us nuts. Drives it dry well, the only reason it I think it drives us nuts is because we're not we don't have that same self-discipline at the level that he has it. Right. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for that level. Right. Right? Yeah. So that that's that's the one. That makes me think about me. Anthony Toko, just so you guys know. So early on, remember when Anthony started, Tom? And him and I would just have those battles where like, he actually left the office a couple of times because we get so heated. <laughs> we don't even have any of that anymore just because like he's – I would say I would now put him as one of the most self-disciplined people that I know he's in right my there. life. Yeah. And that's made our relationship both personally and professionally grow to a whole new level. And, I mean, I mean if we wanted to go like who's the most self-disciplined, I mean your mom's right up there. Kevin DiVirgilio is – very very high on that list like there's a lot of like super self-disciplined people which in today's day and age where there's everybody feels so entitled and all that stuff it's like so refreshing to see like people that disciplined with their daily routines like the little the little tiny thing it's not even like the big things it's not like you set some huge major goal for yourself and you're like oh i'm gonna do this and i'm so self-disciplined no it's like did I close my rings today? Yeah. Did I wake up at 4.30 today? Did I, you know, do my, like, it's those little things that are like, just for me, it's so hard. It's so hard for me to do it. And I'm such a pussy. I just like opt out. Well, it's the trickle down effect with it too. So you mentioned Devo. Evan DeSantis wants nothing more than to beat Kevin into the office every single day, which he does. Like that's a win every day for him, and now his business is taking off like crazy, right? Because he does that little thing every single day, which is turn on that office, right? It's incredible. What's the alternative, though? If you want to be a high achiever and you aren't self disciplined, the alternative is what? You can be creative, right? You can lead with some sort of creativity, but find some consistency within your own creativity. Not don't try one thing for a week and then something else for another week, and just not give it enough time to stick which we've been guilty of in growing mm-hmm. our business at times. Um, but consistency, absolutely. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's the attribute that I am envious of. Me too. Me three. 
<laughs> All right. So, Danny, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this real quick. What do you wish that you knew when you started that you know now? A, when you started real estate on your own, and B, when you started building a team. So just starting in the in real estate in the period, um, I should have financed hiring a coach immediately. So um, he, you're saying I don't have the money to do it, but I would have taken money out of my house or borrowed money from someone to pay for a coach. 100%. Awesome. No question. Because then I could have said, all right, within two years, I want to be a $10 million producer, which it took me like five or six years to hit that number. So it would have just ramped things up much, much. Button. Yes. So you, you attribute a lot of your success to coaching. Yeah, just self-accountability. Because like when it was just Annette and I, it was, it was very simple where we would come in and we would lead generate every single morning started, starting at 8 o'clock. And it was just us too, so we had to run all the business too. So we couldn't do it for two, three hours every single day. Um, and we got stuck doing a lot of administrative work. So we probably would have brought on Erica a lot quicker and added a buyer, buyer's agents quicker. You know, just like seeing the vision and painting the picture quicker. Said, My goal is a $10 million producer. Like things would have changed earlier on. Yes. I'm glad you didn't because we probably wouldn't have met. Ditto. <laughs> As a company? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. I mean, not signing a five-year lease is my biggest re- – signing a five-year lease at Shelby is probably my – one of the biggest <laughs> regrets there, honestly. That was a long lease thinking because the vision was too small. It's like, oh, man, we're going to have five years to grow into this space and, you know, let's not have to worry about moving quicker. And as of right now, we could easily not be located right there in the current Shelby Township store and, you know, shifted somewhere else. Right. That's funny. Tommy, what's uh, what's your vision for real team? I, I I want you to be really descriptive here. So it's uh, April eighteenth, yep. twenty nineteen. Yep. Where are we at in one year? And when I say where are we at, what's what does it look like as far as like total headcount, total like locations? Like what's it look like in a year from now? So, you know, I'm not too detailed. I like to keep it simple. increase in every category or metric we look at will be phenomenal. So that's listings taken, written sales, closed volume, overall team member count, 30% increase across the board. Um, That's a win. So we're looking at close to 100 people. Right. So we have five stores right now. Do we have five stores one year from today or do we have six stores or seven stores? So that's not as much in the must be a part of the vision, but just overall 30% increase. Cause that means our team members, we're paying out 30% more in cost of goods sold, which is our commission. Mm-hmm. That means more people are getting closer to their financial why. Right. You know, and having less struggles. Cause that, let's be real. You start off thinking being a real estate agent is going to be phenomenal. And then you realize quickly, wow, this is hard. I have to consistently bring my A game and just getting people to get through that, that breakthrough quicker. Um, that's something I just really want to get better at as a company. You say breakthrough. You say that a lot. He does say that a lot. I agree. What? Why, why, he, why does he say it so much? I think it's because he loves Tony Robbins. You'd be surprised. And, <laughs> and haven't, uh, haven't been watching too much lately. No, but, but, no. but why? Why breakthrough? 
you say you when you say breakthrough, I see your eyes twinkle, and your pants your pants may you. move a little bit. Oh, I don't hey, I don't know, <laughs> but jeez, like, man, when you Come say on, when you like it might be your favorite word for a good reason. Like or why value. He why loves is the word, the, value. the word breakthrough so ingrained in who you are? Why wouldn't you want to shatter a ceiling? Not everyone does, but I enjoy that. That's really rewarding to be able to take something we weren't able to accomplish and then take just break that through that ceiling, whatever it may be. Right. When's the last time you did that? When was your last breakthrough? I mean, right now, when I don't. I would bet that we've never been at a written pace of seventeen million. And the seventh is it the seventeenth of the month 18th. right now? Yeah, we're on, on the eighteenth of the month. Pace. Yeah. I don't think we've ever been that. We're in the middle of a breakthrough right now. We're going to break thirty million for the second time ever this month. It may be our first month, best month ever, or our second best month ever this month. That's a breakthrough. We're sitting in the middle of it right now. I love that, Dave. You haven't said a word in a solid seven minutes. It's been less than that, Danny. Where, what state will will house the first real team outside of Michigan? Ooh. Ooh. The <laughs> state will be wherever the right leader is. That. We all agree that it makes sense to expand our business outside of Michigan. I so it's not. I think we're leapfrogging. Like we, like literally, we're not even outside of the Detroit metro area yet. Would it be Davison? Would, here we come. Would it be uh, <laughs> Davison? Come on, there's Get some out good of houses here, County. <laughs> yeah, I see more expanding through Michigan before I see another state. Okay, so how far out? Like if if. Metro Detroit is like the 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 nucleus, right? Yeah. How far out in Michigan? Grand Rapids. How about north? Traverse City, anywhere up there. Dave, do you just want us to tell you Traverse City? Traverse City Real Team's opening up in 2021. Dave's like, can I please go to Traverse City? <laughs> Ann Arbor, Lansing, Lake, get it right. Alden, Alden, yes. Michigan Real Team. That's Can't right. Wait, I'm there. Alden, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> Dave, Dave got his answer. <laughs> That's, what got answer. Right. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> cool. Uh, what do you got, Tommy? Oh, I've got three pages here. I know you do. You want me to just wait, go I want, wait, I want you to ask one of the questions that you've been too scared to ask, Danny. It's okay. on the last page, I think. Okay, no problem. Um, so we talk about at Real Team, and we have a vision that has set us apart from – from most other agencies, and that is that we say that we only hire full-time agents, right? And I feel like we've had so many examples that I can tell you where we have lived that and we've turned down people, right? So, but that's a hard thing to do. Like I I believe that our, our, our number one metric we have to focus on is headcount, recruiting new people, keeping more people. So when it comes to um, that requirement of being a full-time agent and you, Danny, if you're to look at somebody in our company and say, yeah, you're in because you are a full-time agent, what does that mean to you? Like what does a full-time how, agent mean to me? Yeah. So if I'm interviewing for a position at Real Team to be, to be a real estate agent and I want in, like you tell me I got to be full-time, Danny, what's that mean? What's it mean to be a full-time agent at Real Team? How do I keep my job? At a bare minimum, would like to see at four out of five huddles okay. to be considered full-time, okay. right? Yep. 
It Fair depends enough. on who you talk to on the effort side, whether it's sync notes, mojo minutes, appointment set, and that fun debate goes round and round. Well, let's, let's day, dig into that for a minute, that part. So, because I think it's important, right? So, yeah. you, so I'm an analytical guy, right? And I'm, I'm interviewing at your company. You've told me, number one, I got to be at four out of five huddles, which huddles start at 9 a.m. So I, I need to be there four out of five days in a row or yep. four out of five days of the week. Now we're going to effort, right? So you're telling me that there's an effort stat that I need to hit in order to be considered full-time. What are the different uh, variations of required effort out there that I need to hit in order to be an agent? So one of them would just be looking solely at sync notes. Very simple, easy to look at and measure. Um, Listing appointment set, right? A lot of times people question why we measure listing appointments so, so much. Sync, if it's sync notes, let's just look at all of them. If it's sync notes, yep. how many do I have to have? 50 a day or 250 a week or 1050 over a rolling 30. Awesome. Cool. So that that if I do that, I'm safe. What was the next one? Listing appointments? Listing appointments. So, so what th- makes me safe there? Three listing appointments a week are going to put you on track for a solid career in real estate as long as you set three quality appointments a week. Okay. So, so far what I'm hearing is I need to show up at 9 a.m. four to five days. I need to do at least 250 sync notes a week-ish, 50 yep. a day, whatever. And I should set three listing appointments a week. Yeah. And Anything if, else? If you don't want to spend all your time in sync, working through the leads that we've purchased – and provide our agents with. You can go out there and use our auto dialer mojo and spend as much time out there as you want to to either get to adding nurtures into your name or setting appointments. Okay. Everyone's going to have their own style. But, I mean, you know, you know, if you, if you just show up at 9 o'clock and just attend four to five huddles, it's going to be hard to break through. There's a breakthrough again. It's going to be hard to be successful if you just show up at 9 o'clock just to make the huddle. Well, you're doing the minimum. You're doing so, the minimum. That's what I'm asking. That's right. the question is what's the minimum requirements to work at Real Team? And that, that's what you're that's telling it. me. They're simple. Four out of five huddles, 250 sync notes every week and three appointments a week. Right. And that each CSL has tested out, right, in their own, just some variations on what they're going to hold their store accountable to. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, they're testing out the different ways they're okay because they all are measuring what effort hap- in their own way. What happens when I violate one of those standards, if you will? If I'm an agent and I'm doing great for a month, but then, you know, month two rolls around and now I'm only showing up two times a week, three that's, times a week. That's what's nice about having And I'm ske- not doing effort. Like what happens then? It's nice to have scheduled coaching on your calendar, reoccurring, right? You, you don't have to worry about it because all of our CSLs are great coaches. They're going to have an awareness on what's going on. So it's just a simple conversation. What's going on in your lifetime? Right. Right. Is there, is there a reason? Is there something I need to be aware of that, you know, that you're struggling with that I can help you with, either personally or professionally, to help you get back on track? Because when we sat down, you know, two months ago before you came in, you told me you wanted to make $65,000. And as of right now, it's not on pace. And I just don't want to see you fail. So those are, um, those are the standards, right? Those are the standards, and I get it. Um, we know what happens when people don't hit the standards. They get 
talk to at coaching. But why why is that important? Why is it important for real team to say we only hire full time agents to strengthen our core? Tell me more. So each year that goes on, our core grows with the amount of human beings, and we become tighter when we keep our principles in place. Perfect. The outliers um, that aren't willing to fully get committed or stay committed. People are committed at some point always, but staying committed Especially is the, the beginning, cha- right? Yeah, it's the They're challenge so to committed stay committed. Danny, but why would I care about being in the core? It's not even. It's not like an exclusive club you get to be a part of, but you know. When you stay committed, you just naturally become a part of the core and you start to see success. I don't know about you guys, but Ashley Edwards is coming to mind for me right now. I'm going to say breakthrough again, but that is what she's in the middle of right now. Did you know how fucking cool it is? Because I sat down with her four months ago and she literally started crying and told me, I can't do this anymore. Like She literally told me she was going to quit. She said, I can't do this anymore. This is fucking stupid. I'm sick of just taking handoffs from other people, not that she didn't appreciate it, but she felt dumb. Like she felt like she was not good enough and she didn't want to do it anymore. And not that I was the one who made her say, that's not my point. But my point is I was like, dude, like you're so close. Just keep doing it. Right. And she kept doing it and she kept doing it. And she said it in Dave's huddle the other day. She was like, listen, I just kept doing it and I didn't give up and I did what they told me to do. And sometimes it takes people three months to do it. And sometimes it takes them three years. And the people that it takes three years, like, God, I God fucking, bless them. Seriously, I fucking love it because it took her two years. And, like, not that she f- was a loser before. She wasn't doing anything. Like, she was fine. She was doing and, all the right things. Yeah, she was doing all of the right things. And she was doing okay, right? She was an average agent. But now it's 2019 and she's going to write a million in one month. And that's so big for her. And I hope you're listening, you Ashley, because you're going to be so embarrassed. Yeah, she's at 900 right now. She's going to do She's a million. Got it. She's got it. And I love Kelly. He's having a phenomenal month as well. But man, a big part of me wants her to finish strong and take two coins this month. Her first million and that written. Well, I don't know. Kelly's going to hit 1.8 this month, though. We talked today. So it, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's it's so much fun to pull up pull up the gecko boards, month to date written volume, and just look at the the new names. Like that's what's that's what gives me more pleasure than anything is like seeing new names at the top of that written list is just like yeah that's so that's good. why I do what I do that's what makes me passionate about work honestly is like when I see all these new names moving into these categories and it's like these these people are beating like significantly top performers you know, and it's not because the top performers are taking their foot off the gas. It's because these new people are like just outworking them and getting production finally. It's just, it's so good to see. So that makes me think about St. Clair Shores this month. So we had our, like I sat down with every single person that worked at or that works at St. Clair Shores last month and we did our CSL review, blah, blah, blah. I just checked in with them, was talking to them and literally every single person was like, I'm fucking sick of losing. They were like, we feel like the redheaded stepchild. We're sick of being on the bottom. We're sick of people thinking that we don't have a fucking chance. And they were all like, we're going to win. We're going to win next month. And I was like, well, I fucking hope you do. And they just hit their goal. Power of positive thinking. Yeah, but like they're not going to stop. Like now that they see it, like they just hit their goal and – I'll, Gron's going to jump off the roof if he doesn't get the coin this month. So I've got to pray that they do get the coin this month. But yeah. like 
that's all that that's all that it took. They're like these people are winning. I'm not going to let them win anymore. Group think, right? I mean, they they combined as a team and and they're they're killing it right now. It's awesome. So now they're starting to get the results. So I think of now Zach Louie, right? I think he has ten pendings. He's having he's have getting by the end of the day, getting stuff under contract like crazy. Um, so I with him, it's just like man, just make sure you keep your time blocking in place. Right. You know, just like Jason Salem, he was on Mojo for three, four hours a day, every single day. Then he had a huge month. Same thing there. Just Can we stay talk consistent, about that guys. For a minute, because that I don't know if it's me, you, your mom, Dave. I don't care who you are. We all make the choice. We make the decision to put ourselves on that roller coaster, and it's so fucked up. Like you'll you'll have no business. So you work your ass off. You wake up. You grind. You do the things you're supposed to do every day. You prospect your ass off for three, four, five hours a day. You get the business. Then you get the checks. You, you get the business. You get the checks. Everything's good. But guess what? You're not doing. Prospecting. Not doing what got you there. And I like we look at it and we laugh, but it's like I feel like the true breakthrough that we could have as a company is getting every human off of that roller coaster. I don't know that we can do it. I think that is an insurmountable task almost because it just – from every sales job I've had or every sales company I've looked at, it, it seems like the norm. It seems like that's just how it is because when I've got you know, $10,000, $15,000 check coming, the last thing I want to fucking do is call people that don't know me and try to get a listing appointment. Or the complete opposite though, right? Like – I don't know where I saw, it, but the I, I saw that the the second that you have a really good month and you have you know eight nine hundred a million or whatever it is pending, whatever is a, is is more than you had expected, is the perfect time to double down on your prospecting, right? Because you've got nothing to lose. Well, that's the right answer. That's the textbook answer. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the real world thing because you naturally happens. work in your deals. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I don't think the I don't think the issue is like oh I have money coming so I don't want to prospect. The issue is. Well, I had this inspection and the appraisal's coming up and the title company's reading out reaching out to me and blah 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 and my client is something and like, You have ten X the amount of valid excuses to use to not prospect. For sure. That's what you have. You have legitimate good excuses to not prospect. For sure. And it's so hard, like because we can talk about it all the time. Like I talk about it every single morning. I'm like, dude, I promise you, if you don't send that marriage license at nine thirty, you can get it to the title company at eleven thirty. Like, it's fine. Or just stupid shit like that. And we talk about it all the time. But it's so much harder when you're like, in one week, I'm going to make $8,000. So I want to fucking get it done. And I want to make sure that it's clear. Like, it's so hard. And like you said, it's like the biggest task in the world. Like, how are we ever going to convince someone that it's not urgent? Well, especially the new people. I I think you – I know, Danny, you want an answer. But I think you just – like, there's no other way to do it than to just experience it and feel that sucky – not having any business month and 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 learning from experience. Yeah. Dave says that all the time, and I fucking hate that answer because I want a solution. Just lead by example ourselves, I think, is the answer, right? So, Dave, what's your pending pipeline at right now? Mine, yeah, one point one, yeah, something like right? that. So, you've always got a strong pending pipeline going. Just respecting your own time blocks that you have in place. It's I not think, easy. I still struggle with it every single day. And you probably will for the rest of your career. It's easy to have a conversation with everyone on your – now you don't even have to have the conversation with people on your team when you're just respecting your own time block and everyone else will continue to have breakthroughs like they are right now. 
The yeah. compound effect in your own business is having breakthroughs again for everyone else in your company. I'm going to start writing that down how many times I say it a day. Yeah, it was at least 17 in the last 40 minutes. So real quick, um, interesting I, stat. I just looked it up. I looked up the Google board. 45 team members in production this month, and we're 18 days through the month. Hey, hold, hold on to that thought. Hey, Tom, when I called you earlier and you didn't call me back because you don't have your phone. Yeah. I, I have call, a watch. Fuck yeah, off. Well, you didn't answer it. So... <laughs> Um, I looked at the gecko board because that's what I was going to, that's what I was counting. And I was wondering, does the gecko board stop at, um, like a certain number and then I can't see anything below that? Or does the gecko board keep going and I can see someone at the very bottom? Cause I was trying to count how many people at real team wrote a deal this month. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, if, if it's zero, you might not show up, but if you have even $1 of production, you'll okay. show up. So yeah. we're at 45 and how many active agents do we have not in leadership? Six. Uh, not in leadership, or I guess in leadership. I guess it's just active Six, agents in general. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm counting those people. So yeah. in, in the low sixties, right? Because they work, they prospect. What they, is it? Our leaders work. Our leaders prospect. Our so leaders low sixties. Yeah, sixty-three. So we can say that there's eighty percent of real team in production in April right now, and we're just halfway through the month. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. Well, is it? Are we awesome, or is the market good? I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, there's okay. definitely luck involved. There's definitely luck involved, 100%. Danny. Tommy. <sighs> Hi. I'm going to pivot, please. Um, who do you give your leads to and why do you give them to them? Ooh. Because I know I know, like when, when an agent or what – first of all, I grew up on your leads, so thank you very much. Like I wouldn't have been able to survive real estate if um, it – if you weren't giving me those leads initially. You mean the show split that was created when Tom Lauer joined the team? Yeah, the beginning of our comp plan. I made Are you, you do the beginning of the show split? He is the beginning of the show split, the <clears throat> famous show. Everyone can thank Tom Lauer yeah, that's mad welcome. about the show split. How did you like the Thanks, show Tom. split, Tom? How thought, did you enjoy that? I thought it was amazing. I mean, I thought it was uh I thought it was amazing. I didn't have I didn't prospect I didn't have to do it. I I was just, you know what it was, is I wasn't a hunter. I was a skinner. I just sat back and wait for you to shoot the deer. And I just sat back and skinned it up and ate it. It was awesome. And yeah, it's worth, I don't know what it's worth now, but for me, it was worth 0.25. It's worth 0.25. Oh, it's still worth the same. Yeah. So yeah, I found great value in it. I thought it was amazing. And it it allowed me to grow into a career in real estate. Can you tell me the truth though? Like- Seriously, sometimes when you got those checks, you can't tell me you sometimes didn't think, what the fuck, dude? I worked that hard and I'm getting... Like those people that you had to show 25 houses to. That's my fault. All right, then you you tell me the truth then. Yeah, I I looked at that check sometime and I'd be like, this isn't worth it. You know, not realizing that. Compared to what? It was compared to okay. not having a deal. Okay, when I first started. (laughs) Yeah, compared to not having a deal. You're right. I mean, that that did cross my mind, but looking back... It's an opportunity to build a relationship with a client. It's an opportunity for me to show you what I'm worth. It's an opportunity to make money. It's an opportunity to learn. There's, there's, when I started, when I flipped the script of looking at opportunities versus how much money I was making, that's when it made the difference. And that's my answer. Yeah, I was, I guess I was a little different. I was just completely grateful for it. And this is the truth. I was completely grateful for it the whole time because. Well, now I know it was it was a lie because you were flipping me Zillow leads. You didn't even know. I thought these were all like your like personal, but it didn't point, matter. Right? Point fives was, came into play, but it right. didn't matter. It was uh, it was um, it was an opportunity either way. It didn't right. matter if it was Danny's friend, cousin, right. or a Zillow lead. 
that he handed me. Like it didn't matter. I was still going to approach it the same way. And it was money that I wouldn't have had if he wouldn't have thought of me. Right. To which give felt, it to. Which felt good. So back to the original question. Your leads. Who do you give them to and why? So you want the big algorithm on how I decide on where it goes? I know that there's no algorithm. You look up from your fucking computer. So so <laughs> I think about who is the client, okay. right? What's my relationship with that client? I think about their personality styles, where they're looking, and who they're going to mesh with best. Usually one to three people pop in my mind, and I start with What's whoever's number break? one on my list. What's the tie break? They're usually in order. You got three people. In order there, from what? Whoever I feel like is going to the, be the best overall match for that client. Got it. Okay, so let me ask you this question. For the people who have never got a Danny Schick lead, yep. why, or I guess the question is, what can they do? So if I, if I work with an agent with one of my clients on a deal yesterday, chances are they're not going to be right back on the next one. Right. Right? Unless something's happening really, really well and we're in a mo- some sort of momentum with a same client reoccurring, like Zach Louie and I have that. Mm-hmm. Right now we have a Detroit investor that's doing a lot of business, right? Right. Zach's done a great job of securing future business there. Right. Right? But on those, his opportunity has gone up drastically now. Just to be clear, I know this is kind of pivoting away, but any the future- opportunity as his com- commission? His commission goes up because I'm not involved in any of these future ones. He's right. earning all that now. So instead of getting a point two on those listings, he's now getting a point four. Okay. On the buy side, he's also getting more. So his his opportunity goes way up. But how do I decide who the opportunities go to is your question, right? Right. I don't look at anybody as lead, so that's why I'm not saying that word, right? They're usually my friends, family, or referral of my friends and family. Right. Um, so I want to make sure I'm going to let anybody that's going to show a house to anybody that's in my network, they're going to treat them great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not somebody that's been here for a while that I know they're proven, mm-hmm. who's being consistent, right? Mm-hmm. I'll ask the CSL. If I know it's going to a certain store that they're up, um, I'll just reach out to the CSL and say, hey, who's best right now? Who's best for the next at bat? And they always tell me. Okay, so, so if it's I was not looking just... to get Danny Schick leads, I mean, it's pretty simple. I just need to act like and be the obvious choice. Yeah, I mean, your business is going to get so much further not just waiting for those. I mean, I'm going to have a little opportunity here and there. If you just do that over and over yourself as an agent, you're going to get so much further ahead. Yeah. Danny's not that good. He doesn't have that much it's, business. It's true. <laughs> yeah, only $12 million. Dollars. Yeah, I just thought... Sure. So I just thought of a really good question to ask him. So I'm going to talk to you guys first because oh, it, it came up on the. You want to run it by us? It came by the very. It came up on the very first podcast. It was what was the biggest mistake you'd ever made in your real estate career? And both of us oh, uh, got right both here. got. Oh, you got it! Yes, yeah. oh, so I stole your thunder. So go no, ahead. No, it's good. No, you. It's all you Danny, got. what was the biggest mistake you made in a real estate transaction in your career? Well, uh, it didn't. Oh, that was a good one. I wasn't even going there. This one didn't actually end up. I talked about up, that one already. This one didn't end up being bad, thankfully, but I walked into a closing and was asking the buyer who I'm not going to connect it because I don't want him to come out. But um, <laughs> I asked him, like, so are you going to get called back to work Ooh, in front of the mortgage guy? I just didn't know. I was early, early on in my career. Wait, so it was your buyer? It closed. No, it wasn't. It happened to be our listing, but I happened to know the buyer. 
indirectly. And the lender was there. The lender wasn't there. The title uh, agent happened to be there. But yeah. that was bad. Ooh. Like that's one of those things. That's the like one of the biggest no nos ever. Insert and, foot uh, and mouth, right? Yeah. So got called back. I mean, Everything it, was good, but it, it closed. It wasn't the first mortgage that closed where the buyers lost the job. It wasn't lost. <laughs> it probably it was, won't be the it last. It was just kind of like a pause for the moment. <laughs> Got it. Got they're it. they're oh, still it. they're <laughs> still in their home and they have a ton of equity. There you go. Oh, yeah, it worked out great. It worked out great. It worked out great. Yeah, that's awesome. Danny, what kind of what what piece of advice would you give to a newer agent who's been doing all the right things? They've been grinding. They've been making all the calls. Um, maybe they're setting two or three appointments a week and they're just not seeing a lot of success. What can an agent do immediately to find business right now? Ask Ashley. I don't know. What did she do to stay with it for two years to be able to to stay afloat until she got through to where she's at today? I mean, you can look and sink. Well, I I think it's her Slack message, right? You you asked you said ask Ashley was your answer. I got it. Hold she on, had a, she just everyone. recently sent out a Slack message that speaks to exactly what you're saying. And I don't know, Jamie, do you got it? Can you read it? Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. It was Slack, because- Slack Jen. Uh, yeah, Slack Jen, and I'm going to pull it up because it made me cry because I love her so fucking much. Read it. Read it. Do you got it? Yeah. Are you guys ready? So for all of you agents out there that feel dialing day in and day out isn't working, hang in there. I've been at Real Team for almost two years now, and I'm finally seeing success from all of my cold calling and sync dialing. I thought you'd see, I thought you'd like to see a little motivation if it's not working for you right now. It will work and it will pay off. Here's a tech that. Text I just received, happy Friday. The text is essentially someone that she called a year and a half ago and called her back. So I think the answer to your question, Dave, is there's nothing you can do to get business right this very second. But if you do the right things, it's going to come. The time's going to pass. I I talked about this this morning. The time's going to pass regardless. You might as well make the most of it, right? Right. When we worry too much about like securing the business right now too, I don't like that mindset because – you're potentially going to make the wrong decision, right? You may force, you may mentally be like forcing a transaction to happen instead of making the right fit happen for the client. And probably not on purpose. Not on purpose. It's not a malicious thing, but just like if it's so like, I got to get the pending, I got to get the pending, you may not end up doing the overall best thing for everybody involved. And let's be honest, most of the time it's not going to close. So no, it's gonna it's gonna it's fall gonna apart anyway. It's gonna fall apart. That's law of attraction, though. Like you, right? But I feel like a lot of times, just as salespeople, naturally, we want the sales so bad, so we it, we're not lying, or like Danny said, we're not being malicious, but we're just like pushing it, and we're using all the different sales techniques that we know how to use to get someone to buy or to sell, right? And then down the road, you have a fucking huge headache. Or the client's pissed off, but you didn't do it on purpose. You just knew that you wanted it so bad. So you learned everything that I talk about all the time and everything that we teach them is sell, 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 get them to buy. And then two weeks down the road, you're like, fuck, well, that backfired. Right? I've got, I've got three more questions. I have the I have the final question, and we have 10 minutes, so you have one more question. I have three more questions. Okay, I have one, one more question. Quick. Pick one. I can We've be got real fast. five more questions. We can rapid fire. Go, Tom. Number one. Rapid fire round, number, go. Number one of three for me. <laughs> Quick answers too, Danny. How can you tell if someone is all in? They're in the office before 8 o'clock. Number two. Um, 
you're a very engaged guy, typically, really engaged. So how do you unwind? I put my phone away as soon as I get home, and I typically don't look at it again until the next morning. Nice. And my last and final question, Danny, <laughs> is um, what has been your most impactful purpose with it, or purchase within the last two to three months under $200? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Think of gas. <laughs> I got nothing. Give me the question one more time. What has been your most impactful purchase over the last three months for less than $200? Filling up my snowmobile with gas. Danny loves a snowmobile. Like 38 bucks. That's great. (laughs) That's like like three hours of mental stimulation right there for me. Got it. Snowmobile or dirt bike? Which one? You have to get rid of one. Depends on the season, bro. No, you have to get rid of one for the rest of your life. Oh, God. Oh, I'm all in on snowmobile nowadays. Yeah. Now that I'm older. <laughs> when I was a child, it was dirt bike. Oh. Now, now that I'm older. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy's got a snowmobile trailer now. He doesn't have a dirt bike trailer. That's true. Yeah, All right. right. Dave, your last question. Go ahead. All right. So this is a two-pronger. So uh, most impactful business book that you've read and most impactful leadership book that you've read. So I'm going to separate them, huh? Yeah. If it's the maybe same it's book, the same then one. that's okay. Or maybe it's the same one. So from the, on the leadership side, John Maxwell, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Um, some people struggle getting into it just because it is. It's pretty boring to listen to. I hate to say it that way. It's really but quick, though. It's a quick. It is. But just like some people struggle to get engaged. Um, to me, it was um, just 21 laws that help you be a better leader and influencer in your life. So um, I've listened to that one several times. Uh, MREA is probably my top business book that I've read. Probably read it 10 times. That's a tough one. Why? It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot packed into that book. Yeah. I would say. All right. The last and final question for Danny Schick. It's also two pronger. So for anyone out there who does not work at real team or, Anyone who is at Real Team and banging their head against the wall and just doesn't know if it makes sense, why Real Team? Like, why stick with us? Why work with us? Why are we the right way to go if you have the same vision as we do? So honestly, just I would prefer anyone asking that question to just reach out and have a conversation so we can talk about it because I don't think there's an elevator pitch on why we're the best. Maybe we are the best fit. Maybe we're not, right? It's not a like a one size fits all for every single person. We're not looking for everybody. We're de- not. It depends so on really, about, really not. Okay, so let's talk wants. about the person who's ready to commit to full time and wants them to get their career. And we're not trying to sell real team, but just like why? Why real team? You're going to be surrounded by people that are producing at a at a high level that are seriously going to help you get to where you want to be as long as you don't quit on yourself. So I know when I talk to people at other brokers that either were with us or have never been with us, they feel like they're kind of on an island a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be on an island here. Never. Never. No, you've always got shipmates. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time you walked in the office and you've seen one person dialing? 
No, there's always someone left behind. You know what I mean? There's always a crew. There's always a core. Just you're not going to do it alone. You, you won't be alone. Perfect. Do you, either of you guys have any other questions? Wasn't there a second question? You said it was a two-pronger. Well, two-pronger. Yeah. Well, I said- Prong two I said, is? No, I said anyone who isn't working at Real Team now or is working currently and doesn't want to be there. That's what I meant. So that was the only Got question. Got it. Pick up the phone and let's talk and see what's, where's your area that we can put a little more focus in to get your business where you want it to be. So last question, then we'll end. Danny, uh, I need your over and under on total volume close for Real Team in 2019. Go. Ooh. 22% increase over whatever we did last year. What's the number? What, what did our, we do last year? What was our number 1, last year? 1,030. You, you said volume. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like 217 or something? Like that? No one knows. No. Over, okay. Let's just, it was, let's just make the odds here. Over it was under, under, seven, over under shy, 250. Shy over under 250. 22% increase over last year. I'm going over 250. 22% over. increased over last year. Let's see what that number... Uh, we got to translate. Yeah, it was in the 170. That's the one. Yeah, it was, it was one, I'm like 171, yeah, I want to say. Closed. 215. 215. It's closed. what we have to do this year. Closed. That's where we'll 215 settle. closed. So over under 220. 220 million. Love it. What is it? It's good. Yeah. That's, that's, Dave's, that's 14, Dave's looking for an answer from Danny. That's 1,400 families. It's fourteen hundred families that we're going to help find <laughs> a place for their children to sleep. Absolutely, awesome, excellent. All, All right. right, awesome. Hey, thanks, Danny. You were only like half as awkward as we thought you were going to be. Thank you. So it was fun, and we love you, and we appreciate you. Does anyone else have anything to say to Danny? Thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> appreciate thanks. you, Bob. You guys have fun. All right, bye. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>